This is HPR episode 1781 entitled HPR Community News for May 2015 and is part of the series HPR Community News. It is hosted by HPR volunteers and is about 67 minutes long. The summary is Dave and Ken Waffle on and on. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hello everybody, my name is Ken Fallon, you're listening to another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio Community News for May 2015. Joining me tonight are... Hello, this is Dave, and Dave and Dave. Dave. Actually, I should rename this to uh, to John Culp, Dave Morris Community News. <laughs> oh, I don't know, I think John should be here earlier rather than me. Yeah, it is true, it is true. Anyway, welcoming our new hosts, which I'll do this month for no reason whatsoever, other than we're welcoming Alpha32. Amazing, I didn't manage to work that up. Very good. Anyway, for those of you joining, uh, HBR is a community podcast. What that means is uh, the shows are submitted, the whole thing is contributed by and for members of the community. So everybody that listens to the shows are an equal member of the community. We would expect you to record some shows from time to time. And this is not a joke. We do actually expect you to record shows. It's not that difficult. It can be just as simple as, my name is Blah, this is my story, I cannot think of a show to record. Thank you very much. This gets me off the hook for the year. And after hearing your story, we will no doubt be able to ask you for 20 or 30 different show topics, as John Culp and Dave Morris are more than used to getting suggestions from me for stuff to record. Correct or not, Dave? That's that's very true. Yeah, yeah. To my cost, I can say that's true. So, anyways, community news. What is it? It's the community news. It is a show where we talk about the stuff that's been going on behind the scenes. Uh, behind the scenes is actually completely in front of the scenes, to be honest, because it's the behind the scenes are what's the shows that have been played, which are obviously on the RSS feed, the mailing list discussions, which is open to anyone. And the comments for the episodes, which are on the website, which are also open to anybody. Any other stuff that goes on, um, which, you know, just posting shows and that sort of stuff, we don't bore you with. And if it comes to a point where we're having problems with it, it goes on to the mailing list. And this month there has been something on the mailing list about um, Gmail not accepting stuff from us. So if you're subscribed via Gmail, you need to go in and make sure Hacker Republic Radio is in your list of nice shows it's been put into your spam so if you haven't heard from the mailing list for a while or you've had trouble uploading shows make sure and whitelist hacker public radio thank you very much okay shall we do the uh the shows for the month the month let's do that thing okay 1760 i was in the gym while i was listening to this one it was the pdf tk by john culp 
Well, this what? is an amazing thing, isn't it? Do, do, what did you make of this? I, as with everything with this this guy, um, who is trying to take over the network, the only way we can stop him is by you sending in shills, is to, um, yeah, amazed uh, with this. I knew, and I have used this this toolkit to take out, uh, you know, to extract some files and to push uh, some PDF stuff together, but the, the concept that you would be able to put a, a bookmark, uh, make your own index, is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that that's the bit that that I thought was the most impressive. I've I've tinkered with this thing before, but I don't really have a need for it. But uh, the bookmark thing, I can definitely see a need for, and uh, I thought that was that's pretty pretty smart. It's very very handy. I've got um, like even my uh, wife's rec- has recipes, you know, and you know just scan them all into a into a document and then. You know, put it together and boom, you've got a, you got yourself a book. You know, awesome stuff, awesome stuff. Great idea. Yeah. So, so the following day was community news, followed close <laughs> closely by the HBR audiobook club, which was um, Revolution Radio by Seth Kenlon, who we all now know is Tlatu. Yep, he is now revealed. <laughs> I think I think a lot of people knew that already, didn't they? His true identity has been revealed to us. few things about this was it took a while to post, or at least took a while to get up. So a lot of uh, a lot of water's gone under the bridge with this. And I thought it was a... It took me a while to get into the story, I must say. But then, uh, then it was like all my podcast listening got just... Well, for a start, it took me a while to download it because of the album art in the og file which is still up there it basically it doesn't play on my sansa clip so um once i figured that out i uh, i had it downloaded a few times first time the tar file wouldn't extract then when it did um, come down the og file doesn't play because of the embedded audio and uh, then finally I, I started hearing it and it was uh, it was a a nice a nice book and i really uh, curse the time zones that I can't participate in this myself. Yeah, it's it's a really difficult time, isn't it, for for us on this side of the Atlantic? Yeah, but to get back, we put this on at a really awkward time for the US people. Yeah, yeah, it it, it cuts both ways. I know. The following day, we had seventeen sixty three introduction to home brewing. This was the first time show by Alpha thirty two, and I was actually dreading getting this because. Um, <laughs> Uh, I don't need another hobby, and I would very much like to get into home brewing. So, there you go. Yeah, I, I, uh, I wasn't dreading it, but uh, I uh, was fascinated to hear. I was looking forward to hearing it, and because it is something I've been saying I want to do, and I haven't, <laughs> I haven't got around to it yet. So it's another, another uh, stick I'm beating myself with for not having uh, achieved the goal I'd set myself. But. Uh, yeah, it it's it's it sounds pretty easy. I used to do wine making, you know, fruit fruit based wines and stuff when I was younger. Um, and uh, I've always thought getting into beer would be great. But uh, looking forward to your shows on that topic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, what have I done? <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Um, but actually, they, I think uh, when I was looking into it a few years ago, it, the most difficult thing was like getting the valves and everything right and that it doesn't explode. But there seem to have lots of valves and little helping things now that will prevent a lot of the dangers from days of yore. Yeah, I think when you're, when you're doing the first uh, fermentation, it's similar to wine because basically you just want to keep stuff out of it, bacteria and um, the uh, fruit flies go for it. They call them vinegar flies in the brewing world because they carry 
bacteria that will turn your alcohol into vinegar. Um, yeah. And if they if they get in there, your your brew is ruined. So you just have a uh, a trap that um, prevents that sort of stuff getting in. But when it gets to the the later phases where you're actually trying to pressurize, then I'm I'm all at sea there. I don't know how, exactly how to do that. So uh, um, that's where I want to do some further investigations. But and that's where I think you need some some more specialized kit. This is, uh, yeah, hopefully there will be uh, more episodes coming on this. And uh, as with the bread, uh, that's something that I, I do plan to take up. Okay, the following day we had Rogue Class Linux, speciality distribution for Linux and playing old games. Did not know about this, Frank. Didn't know about this. Thank you very much. And it looks absolutely excellent. Yeah, Frank's always got some surprises for us, I find. He's always coming up with some really interesting things. I like this one. This is... This this is tempting to uh, to get into. <laughs> yeah, and Probably. he was kind of uh, saying that you should kind of run it on a VM and just uh, uh, run it from a from a VM. But excellent is, is the exact sort of thing that I'm looking for for the kids. You know, nothing too hectic. Uh, um, turn-based games and you know, nice simple games. Pretty cool. LibreOffice outlining and blank presentations. I liked I liked what uh, Huka was saying here actually because he was. He was uh, effectively saying, don't fiddle about with the details to start with, but just get in there and and put your material down. Because how many of us have done that thing of making the thing look pretty first and then worrying about what we're going to say, what we're actually going to put in the presentation? I've been... I've been preaching this for ages, you know, but when people say, oh, yeah, I want a new website. Can you do design a website for me? And I go, yeah, here's a here's an A4 sheet. Oh, yeah, you want me to draw it out? No, no, no. I want you to write down exactly each of the pages that you want. And, you know, this is this is page number one. This is page number two. And, uh, yeah, that's actually you know, gets gets people thinking and gets the websites up a lot, a lot faster. It's uh, yeah, I know I've, I've fallen into the trap that uh, the hooker was warning about, although Back in the day when I first started doing presentation, it was all done on a typewriter on a on an acetate, you know. So, so that's all we had in those days, you know. We lived in cardboard boxes and all that stuff. Yeah. Yes, yes, I know. You had to chisel. You were lucky. <laughs> you had typewriters. In my day, we had stone tablets that we had to out of the quarry ourselves. Absolutely. Uh, following day, seventeen sixty six, socks of silence uh, was myself. Got a lot, more, lot of comments. Uh, well, not a lot of comments in the feedback, but I got a lot more feedback than normal about this. People seem to be surprised at the speed at which I play my script, my uh, podcast. Yes, I don't think I, my brain doesn't work that fast anymore, so uh, it's a bit fast for me. But I, I am using, I am using that. I was using FFmpeg before, and I found it was a little bit weird. Whereas Socks does a better job, actually. Uh, I do this. Uh, I do all my podcasts at this speed, and then um, when I'm playing them in work, I will speed up the um, the, sh- the podcasts even more with uh, the left and right square brackets um, in FF or in M player. M player actually. So when I'm playing them out, or on my Sansa clip has got a speed up button. But uh, this is the this is the fastest I will go for the uh, for the lowest for all the podcasts that I do this to. Yeah, it's it's, it's really useful. It's very useful. I, I uh, I'm just not sure what number I'm going to feed into it for the for the speed myself, but uh, I'm going to have to work on that one to get it perfected. Yeah, you start off uh, I started off at just 1.2 and just worked my way up 
you know sometimes you think you find yourself speeding up every podcast then and then you just work your way up as uh but i'm nowhere near and it's something like jonathan nadu um I can just barely make out his stuff when he's he's doing it, so I have a ways to go, yeah. It is practice, after all, I think, isn't it? I say I can't do it, but I'm sure I could if I practiced enough. Yeah. Um, is, but this actually was about the truncate silence uh, feature, which is uh, a uh, filter we use quite a lot in Audacity for these shows. And um, and uh, this was just something I wanted to add to my uh, tool chain for uh, basically TLLTS so that I could remove the, the um, unedited silences from that. That's not very good. I, I actually ran it on one of mine, um, and which I had used uh, silence truncation through Audacity on, and it it did take a little bit off, but very very little. So I think that proved something that I'd done a reasonable job when I first made it. That's all it told me. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, the following day was David Whitman. Uh, interviews Ed Cable from the MIFOS initiative at Linux Fest in Northwest, and I've just processed another one of his shows as well. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'm just checking my notes, and I, I said to myself, "Listen to this again before you talk about it," because I didn't. Uh, it, it it needs needs more of a more than one listen. I found yeah, it's anyway. A, um, it's a, basically the the what they're doing is um, you know the whole concept of micropayments where you. Uh, you give lo- rather than giving it to large institutions, you loan to small uh, to small institutions uh, to to small uh, businesses in developing nations or in nations that need the help. And this is a a solution that you can uh, use to build your applications to support that. Very interesting, uh, very interesting work. Okay, an introduction to C episode one introduction and types this was great i I thought this was a good really good um it wasn't his first was it we we discovered he'd already done a show under a a different handle but um uh it uh i thought it was a a great great introduction to see and i loved his notes too the notes are brilliant fantastic yeah they were done in um doc or uh, markup, markdown, markdown. Yeah, felt pretty good. I liked it. But uh, something I was thinking about this is in thirty-two bits. Isn't an int going from zero to no? An int, not an int. A long, short, bro. car. A car is using the full sixty-four k, though, isn't it? No, uh, um, that's an eight-bit entity always, um, because I think it's historically came from being a a character, an ASCII character, or possibly, yeah, or an EBCDIC character even. Um, so it's traditionally been eight eight bits. Doesn't make much sense in the days of Unicode, of course, but uh, that's what it still is. Okay, cool. Hope there's going to be more of this. Always uh, interested in hearing about C. Actually, it's a, it's a programming language I assumed I should know. Yeah, I've, I, I've written uh, maybe two programs in C in my entire career, and uh, managed a few more than that. But I've never really had any great need to to use it. But I'm tempted to uh, to get back into it a bit more now just to see uh, see what things i could actually write in it that would be really efficient i've um for i've seen people use it recently for some arduino stuff it's can be useful for that yeah yeah but, that's that's a great place to do it yeah exactly uh, but i think for me, it's too much like uh, coding without a safety net. You know? I've got out of that, to be honest. I, I in my early programming career, I was an assembler programmer, um, but um, hardcore. Uh, yeah, yeah, I wasn't a very good one, um, but that's what we had to do. And 
I my brain was was attuned to doing things that way, but I've lost the the knack now. So in some ways, getting into back into sea again would be would wake up some of that stuff again. Cool, no doubt you will uh, record shows as you go. See what I did there. I've done it again. I've done it again. (laughs) He's a sucker. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, just a soft target. That's me. The following day, we had uh, John Culp, the reign of John Culp, the return of John Culp, John Culp Two, with uh, a demonstration of dictation software on my office computer, and this. This one actually was hard to listen to. I really had to turn... Well, not hard to listen to it, but my brain had to flick into um, what the hell is he doing mode, you know? Thankfully, he had a, a, an explanation at the beginning of what he was doing. No, it's a great idea. A great idea. I, I just came to the conclusion that I don't think I could do that. I would need to plan out what I was going to say in a quite a lot of detail, and I might as well have written it down by the time I came to it, was, was the way I was thinking. But uh, all power to John for, for, for doing stuff that way. But I guess it is, again, what you're used to doing. You know, you're, uh, like with the speed up thing, you would uh, get used to doing this. And you can also pause and do the truncate silence trick that that he was uh, talking about before you feed yeah, it. That's yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is true. What was a bit sad is the fact that there's no good, uh, there's no solution on, on Linux at all. Yeah, that 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 it is sad, isn't it? That's what uh, somebody was asking in the comments about that. And... Uh, really highlights the, the deficiency there. John Culp 3, the following day, episode 1770. This time it's personal. So much personal that it's accessibility about the open dyslexic font. Very good uh, very good information. And uh, I think we have, uh, I have plans to put it onto the HBR website that if you click the dyslexic font not link at the top menu that it would turn into the dyslexic fonts, but I haven't been able to get around to do that yet. Yeah, it would, would be good to have, I think, wouldn't it? But, uh, yeah, I was impressed with what John was saying. I love the, how he uh, prints out special exam papers for students with dyslexia. That's that's amazing. I'm not sure my, my old university would have done anything quite like that. No, and when I think of uh, all the stuff he's doing for his students, like trying to keep the cost down and whatever, um, and the fact that you can tell from his shows that he absolutely knows what he's doing and that his teaching style is very comfortable, very... You, can't but help uh learning stuff from the guy you know um i think uh pokey's all referred to it as reading a phone book and you get to be able to get some information from it but um yeah it's the my wife has done some research into this and there's no evidence to say it does or it doesn't help this font but if like there's not enough studies been done on it but as he says himself in the episode if people if it works for you good and well if it doesn't you know fair enough but if it works for you and if it's you know psychosomatic or whatever who cares you know if it's if you think it's helping you then it's helping you yeah yeah fair enough jungle three comes back from the dead with audacity tra- label tracks and you know what's annoying that somebody can put the shows back to back one after the other right and come out with interesting shows from on completely different topics uh, with loads nuggets of information in every one of them that you know you just want to hate the guy but you can't no i know i know this is great i uh i had not it, it was there in front of us all i think anybody using audacity could have seen this i probably did see it but never bothered to go and find out what it was um so yeah i started using it since hearing this and i found it a very useful thing 
I was trying to think of a use case for it, and it's one of those shows that I've had quite a lot of before where I think, okay, that's interesting. I need to file that under, I heard that somewhere. I heard that on HBR, put it onto John Cult because there will be a time when I need to do this and split it up into different, uh, split a show up based on track name. That would be absolutely awesome to do. Like a, uh, oh, I remember what I was thinking. Yes, converting um, cassette tapes, mixed tapes that I made back when I was a kid. I have like one of my, yeah, if I ever get around to doing it, doing it things, is where I would convert those to audio, um, those to actual, uh, digitize them. And then you could go into the Audacity track, find the, find the song break, type in the, what the song is. And then just go file export based on track labels. Right there is a use case. I found it useful when I was uh, editing a show that um, uh, as I was recording the show, there was a much banging and uh, and rattling at the front door as the Amazon man was <laughs> was delivering something. And uh, so I I paused the recording. And when I, 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 I then went and hunted for that bit when I was editing it uh, to mark it to, uh, to, to cut it out, you know. Um, I know I could have just cut it out, but I found it was useful just to have it marked and and do other stuff with it because I I'm always getting distracted. So it's useful to to know. So where the hell was that thing, you know? And similarly, if you're processing through a a show, then I just mark how far I've got to before I I uh, stop to to do something else, you know. So the Omanar removal type. Yeah, if I'm go- working through doing some Omanar removal, and sometimes I ramble and. Uh, and then I think, ah, oh, that was rubbish. I'll cut that out. And uh, so I, it's useful to, to to be able to label it, cut this cut here or something. Um, oh, cool. It's okay. yeah. It's, I think there's quite a lot of applications. The following day, we had in a break from John Culp, we had Swift one one zero who took a walk through a park. And I thought this was a rather refreshing episode. Not that I. <laughs> that sounds terrible now, John. <laughs> pulling your leg, but no, it was. I really, because I, I was walking outside, uh, getting the bus, and just had a look, you know, look around at nature and uh, the plants and stuff that were in the park, and just yeah, thought, cool, nice show. Yeah, I, I, I love these. I've said before, I like anything with ambient sounds in it because it sounds like much more like real life. Some bird song and a bit of wind noise and that sort of thing. And it, it sounds real. You know, I like it. Cool, very good. John Whitman with a interview. Uh, Deborah Nicholson from the Open Invention Network. Very, very good show. And this is the one where they um, have the patent pools and stuff um, to uh, protect various different, you know, uh, to protect Linux and users of Linux from uh, patent trolls or cross patent, cross patenting. But it doesn't actually work so well against patent trolls as pointed out on freeasandfreedom.us from time to time. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I enjoyed this. David's a great interviewer, actually. He's he's really good at doing this. I didn't also know that uh, she was involved in the Media Goblin project, which was interesting. Yes, I I found that interesting. I, I don't know a huge lot about it, but uh, it's another another bookmark to go and search more about. So the next day we had Routing Hacking by John Culp. Yes, you guessed it. And uh, again, I thought, yeah, this is... This isn't going to be one that I'm that interested in, but it was. I've done this a few times, but it was uh, quite interesting. The 30, 30, 30, 30 rule, or was it the 20, 20, 20 rule, or 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 20, the fertilizer we used to put out on the farm at one stage. Too much information, I know. 
You lost me there, Ken. That's fine. There's loads of people uh, from Ireland going, oh, are you all right? I know what you're all about. Anyway, yes. How to flash a router. Always cool. Definitely yeah, should yeah. do it if you've never done it. What I want to know is where in, in my country can I go and get a pretty smart router for uh, for $3.99, though? Yeah, that's the thing my is, problem. The thing is, these Linksys that they brought out they, in days of yore, it's, it completely goes against the Moore's Law thing. The newer ones, they've got less RAM, they've got less memory, they've got less processor. Well, I don't know about processors, but they're more expensive. So you have to be absolutely 100% sure that you're reading the serial number because sometimes it's like 1234A and 1234B and you think, hey, the B one will be better, whereas actually you want the A one because it's got twice the RAM and more capabilities. Yeah, I know, I know. It's it's a very thorny issue, any of that sort of stuff. You've really got to be quite careful what you've what you've got. I do have a little side project that one day might turn into an HPR um, episode, which is a one of these little teeny tiny routers, smaller than a Raspberry Pi one. I've forgotten what its model number. It's a TP-Link thing. Um, and you can get... Uh, I think it's, it might be DDWRT on it. So far, I think I bricked it, but <laughs> but uh, maybe the unbricking will make a show. I don't know. Yeah, if you have or or the bricking actually, because there's uh, you know sometimes sooner or later you're going to brick something. So yeah. I'm looking for a sort of Raspberry Pi type size and and cost obviously <laughs> with two Ethernet interfaces, preferably gigabit Ethernet interfaces, to act as a firewall. That's what I'd love. Yeah, I know, I know. Are there not any um, add-on cards for uh, for Raspberry Pi that would let you do that? Yeah, but it's uh, the whole the, the the Pi's networking stack is pretty pathetic. Actually, it's uh, everything goes over the USB port. So you're right. Yeah, yeah. USB yeah speeds. So you need something like a BeagleBone or something like that with with extra ports on it. Yeah, something with a bit of oomph. Anyway, Steve Bickle had 1775 Sonic Pi. And this, this I had no clue. He mentioned this before, and he came back and did an episode on it. And I'm so glad he did because it seems like such a cool thing. Unfortunately, as I, I mentioned to him, I don't know in the comments, but uh, it's unfortunate it's not uh, available just as a straight app get or yum install. Yeah, its status is a little bit weird, isn't it? I'm not precisely sure uh, what it's available for. I think it runs on Macs or something, does it as well? But yeah, yeah Max I know. Windows and and the Raspberry Pi. Which, yeah, which, yeah. Which is and you can't compile it because it's or you can't run it because it's compiled for the ARM. So uh, you have to cross compile or you have to. I don't know even know if the code is available. Presumably it is, but there you go. But it, it was cool. Just the the HBR song coming in. That was awesome. Oh, I really want to get get around to doing this. This is. It's it's really good. I'm so glad that uh, Steve had uh, had mentioned mentioned this before and, and expanded on it here. Really good. So the following day we had Vimhints zero four, and I have been saving this one up, Dave, because every time it came up in the queue, I was I needed a stretch where I could have the show notes in front of me to be able to follow along. And the show notes are excellent, absolutely excellent. Well done on this series. Thank you. The the show notes take me all the time. It's why, it's why the the rate of release has slowed down because I'm sitting there writing show notes that I'm being absolutely hundred percent certain that I'm right and not telling you a lot of nonsense. Uh, takes some time to do, I'm afraid. Yeah, it's this this sort of uh, episode is really. Um, 
you know, people don't realize the amount of work that these series uh, take. So the, the fun thing about it, fun thing about doing this sort of thing, and it's always been whenever you have to teach somebody a thing, exactly, I done a, exactly. a huge lot myself. But when you have to do, my goodness, you have to learn it as well yourself. And it's a really, really good incentive to do it, and and I really enjoy that. It is, yeah. But you're covering everything. It's like the um, uh, Linux in the Shell series by Dan. Absolutely brilliant. Everything covered. Uh, nothing more than reading the man page. And indeed, this is nothing more than reading the man pages either. But uh, and the Hookah's uh, Open Office uh, LibreOffice series, exactly the same thing. You guys are doing nothing more than reading the man pages, but describing it and giving us examples and stuff. Absolutely awesome. Thank you very much. Keep it coming. Sure will. I think I insulted you there by saying it's nothing more than reading the man pages. <laughs> Not really, because you're right. Um, but we're filtering it through an, a, a, a human opinion. You know, I, I found Dan's things really useful because he highlighted things that I might well have skimmed over just scanning through the man page and saying, yeah, 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 I'm not interested, not interested. But he'd actually delved a little bit deeper and said, look, look at this, this is interesting. And that's that's the that's the key thing, isn't it? Somebody else yeah. feeding you that information, but through the filter of their own brains is, is, a, is a valuable thing. Yeah, and it's like, you might think, the first time I read this, I thought it was going to do this, but what it actually does is this, or... I was doing this, you know, I was doing this use case and then I needed a way to undo it. Like that highlighting, turn off the highlighting thing. When you do a search, Dave, I searched for E one day in the text document. And for months, for weeks, well, for months, I exaggerate, but I, for ages, every time I opened this document, the E got highlighted and oh, I was just so annoyed. <laughs> so, yeah. but good for Vim for remembering. I mean, you should you should applaud it. But uh, but yeah, I know I'd, I'd fallen down that one as well. How the hell do you turn this off? But uh, yeah, so the, I'll be showing you a way to uh, configure a key to to do it in in due course. Cool, excellent. Well, I'll keep it up. And this this one, Linux in the shell, and the hookah thing. I really think we should. Um, you know, have have DVDs uh, available of these with the show notes on it. You know, here here's LibreOffice. Here's how how to use VI instructional instructional videos. Yeah, yeah. Well, John Culp's been saying to me, uh, why don't you produce all the turn all the notes into EPUB and then stick them all together into into one giant EPUB? And I think he's right. Uh, it's going to take a bit of work to get it looking good, but uh, but it sounds like a worthwhile thing to do. If somebody could start working on the um, cover art for this book, you could actually put you could actually sell that as a book, Dave. Yeah, I know. I've done this sort of thing before. I've written what effectively were books that uh, that could have been marketed and never never bothered. Yeah, so <laughs> so release some CC and self publish them. Do it. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, that would be quite an interesting voyage. I could do an HPR on it, couldn't I, Ken? You could very well. You see what I'm doing here, folks? Now, <laughs> after a while, they start suggesting them themselves. <laughs> I've been there for a long time, actually. Oh, yes. Suckers. <laughs> anyway, Andrew and Dave, Magnitudes. This is another one that, that I had to download separately, Dave, because truncate silence and speeding it up didn't actually work. <laughs> and Sorry. Uh, now we're going to have people putting music into their shows so i have to download and listen to them at uh, normal speed but that said i was listening to this coming out of um uh, just coming through amsterdam through the rail yards and stuff where you have like very industrialized stylized dutch 
ordered uh, landscapes and uh, industrial landscapes and the music just fitted each of the songs it seems like each each of the songs as they were coming up just suited the the area that I was going through it was like, uh, you know, a put a camera there and you have like a Channel 4 film, you know, late night at two o'clock in the morning, you know. That's a great idea. Yes, yes. I know. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, yeah, that's good. It's nice to have a have, have some sort of background of some sort with it. It's uh, it's it's good. Yeah. Glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, and I actually had to upgrade my uh, earphones to proper set of headsets while I was listening. So. And by the way, that's uh, that that big earphone thing. You know what I think that is? Is uh, the photograph I'm talking about? Yep. yep. I think yep. during the war they used to position those on beaches along the coast to listen for they, incoming airplanes. They did. Yes, I, I actually found out a bit more. Uh, I did. The, there's a reference I've I put in the uh, in the the notes there. Uh, it's pointing to a museum where they talk a bit about this. In fact, that's just half of the, the apparatus. There's another one. The guy sits behind on an equivalent device, uh, which points in is it up and down or something. I can't remember now. But uh, And it explains quite a lot about what it does. You should, you should definitely follow that link to the, the – it's a, it's a Netherlands museum. So you should check it out because there's some amazing pictures in there. I think we're actually due to go to that this uh, this summer. Well, that, well, that needs an HBR episode, I think, there, Ken. Well, there you go, how Holland works. And the windmill and the laying fiber optic cables, two other ones that have recorded but haven't edited yet. You see, again, people waffling on about editing shows, that you shouldn't be editing shows, you shouldn't take so long about it. When you point the finger at somebody, Dave, there are three fingers pointing back at you. Yes, the way of it. Right. Sorry, everybody. Yes, I'll get my finger out and do that someday. But I wasn't expecting this music from you, to be honest. Oh, right. Yeah, this is the sort of stuff I listen to. And I was amazed to find that Andrew is, has got very, very similar tastes as well. That was, that was a big surprise. I thought I had weird tastes, but uh, it seems like there's more of us. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have picked a lot of them. I think there was only one I didn't particularly like. And I didn't particularly like it because yeah, it was the music for televisions volume two, and I didn't like it because it was predictable. The one before that, Dive Volume One, uh, uh, I also found predictable, but in a way that I enjoyed. I don't know; it's really weird thinking about that. Yeah, I I think I chose uh, Kalabi with the organoid track, is when the televisions thing. Um, Partly because I like the the album, <laughs> possibly, but also because it, it just had the sort of right sort of chill to it that I, that sometimes is quite relaxing when you're doing something else. You know, um, maybe that's not a thing to present to somebody else. You know, here's here's the boring stuff I like to 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 listen to when I'm I'm thinking of other things. It's uh, it's maybe not always a good thing to share, but uh, I think that's maybe why I chose it. Yeah, but this is the audience that you're talking to. Like, I think a lot of people here are, you know, get into coding sessions where you just want to drown out the world, but you know, you don't want to be listening to. Uh, um, thank you, Susan. Um, yeah, ambient music. You know, you don't want to be listening to whatever classical the whole time, just something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, we'll we'll see. We'll. Uh, Hopefully, uh, it it went down well with with people in general. Pity you can't buy an album, though. I still think that's a pity. I can't buy um, the albums anymore. Yeah, I guess it it just turned out to to be not a very good business model for them. 
True enough, true enough. But uh, that had me thinking about the whole concepts of subscriptions, and I do like the lifetime subscription, which is what uh, two hundred and fifty euros or something like that. But with yes. all these, yeah. with all these subscriptions, like uh, I don't know, um, you know, you got your Netflix for fourteen euros. You got your um, what's the other one with the um, with all the songs? Can't think of it. Uh, can't think of it. They're selling it with lots of things now. Google. SoundCloud or something is it? You're thinking Spotify. That's the one. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. So with Spotify or whatever you've got, you know, it kind of mounts up all these subscription services. I think myself. There you go. And if you don't pay, then you don't have the music. At least with this, you pay your lifetime subscription and you got it. You know, there you have it. Very and, tempting and to all, do that. All of it too, and and there's quite a lot. Okay. Um, NetX and VR cursor keys. Very useful, I thought. I added this to the Vim Hints uh, series. Yes, I was pleased to see that. Um, certainly didn't want Vim Hints to be monopolized by me and happy to see you know anybody else doing stuff uh, under the same heading. This is what we want to see more of on, on uh, HBR, I think. And I do seem to remember seeing keyboards with those arrows on the H, J, K, and L keys at one stage way back. I felt a past. complete idiot. I felt a real fool when I saw this because I must have used this sort of keyboard for quite some time uh, back in the day, and I completely forgotten it. <laughs> and a very nice... Uh, um, I must actually uh, dig out that game. It sounds interesting, and I really like the idea of... Uh, his his idea of having a VM that boots up, does something, and shuts down. Awesome. Need that for something completely different. So I will be using that for something yep. completely different. Great idea, great idea. When in my time working on mainframes, we all used to play Zork and those sorts of things. You know, the the dungeons things. You're in a in a room with doors here, there, and everywhere. You know, twisty passages with whatever. I, I can't remember that. I never never got into them. I was never any good. You, you know, you type. Where am I? You're in a room. Okay, move forward. You've been eaten by a... <laughs> You've fallen down a cliff. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> not very good at those games, I must say. There was, there was a bunch of us in in a shared office that used to play this, you know, so it'd be a fight for who, who got shot next and uh, avoided the, the management coming along to see if we were we were working hard. I always felt guilty going into a game because if I ever went into a game like that, I'm gone, I'm in the, I'm in the world and you won't get me out for love and money thing is though we we were hackers and we had the fortran source so somebody somebody was was reading the damn source and working out where to go and stuff you know ah uh, <laughs> very good very good okay john culp again with this time with cowsay and piglet <laughs> very very awesome oh just i i just can't comment on this episode really it's so funny yeah it's 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 a it's great yeah we need we need more stuff like this yeah it's just completely and you know it's it's completely every everybody who uses a unix system needs this because you got you you know you've got to do that login screen you know you've logged into whatever server with those uh with those ascii characters yeah it's 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 great i quite like figlet actually it reminds me of other things that I've seen in the past. In fact, I've I've bunged it into one or two scripts that I run regularly just to, you know, shout things at me and stuff. And, and Figlet's a nice way of doing it. Why does that not surprise me, Dave? 
it's it's because I'm a bit feeble-minded and stuff, you know. But no, I'm I, happy. I can just imagine reading John's notes, you know, chapter one, some very serious topic about Mozart, and then you've got a dragon saying chapter two. <laughs> Yes, I like that image very much. No, I've been slagging on John. He's all week. He is an absolute gentleman. I I would like to personally thank him for saving HPR this month because we didn't have any shows and he stepped up to the plate and basically out of nowhere brought in many, many excellent shows and basically, yes, covered your ass. If you happen to send in a show this year, then you should be really sitting down, writing an email to thank John Cult for sending in a show that you haven't done. So that's all I'll say about that. Thanks very much, John. Much appreciated. And not only that, he had time to figure out what a guitar chord was for me on the uh, on a personal side note. Oh, cool. And uh, needless to say, I asked him to do a show about guitar chords and tabulations and how to do that. Which I'm sure will, will bear fruit in due course. In due course. In due course. It's not the first suggestion I've made to him either. So there you go. Then we had Ahuka with TrueCrypt and GNU PG, and it was actually nice to get an update on these two projects. I um I found this really really useful. I uh, what's the expression? My eye was off the ball as far as some of these were concerned, and it was very helpful to uh, to point out the um, the fact that we've got yet more people, single people, sat there, you know, in a in a in a lonely garret doing stuff that the whole world depends on. And we should do something about it. So very yes. timely. Two things sprang to mind. One was that we need to do something about this. A sort of, um, you can say that the big corporations should pay for it. And that's all very well. But actually, uh, I don't think that's the open source floss way. It should be something like a free implementation of, of Flatter, where, uh, you know, where you, you as a citizen contribute i don't know however much you can afford annually or monthly to a central place and they then divvy it up to these uh, developers who get grant funded and it's all public and whatever probably best to talk to um you know somebody like software in the public interest or karen or um bradley uh, about some some services like that but i definitely think that's something that i would like to do give it to give some money to a central place and this is the value i get out of uh or this is at least what i can afford to give and get a divido yeah yeah people are using patreon is it these days for uh, as an alternative is it to um flatter yeah but it i don't know is that uh open source is does 100 percent of the thing i i don't know charity? you know i've not followed followed it through yet but uh no i i find myself going to the sites of people that i'd particularly uh, like the the products of um and every so often just chucking a, a few dollars their way um and that's not really a very efficient way to because i don't necessarily keep proper track of what i've done and, and to whom and when and so forth yeah and we see it here on hpr as well you've people forget they think oh gosh i've contributed and then they look at their when the last time they contributed and it was three years ago you know it's and you don't want to be sending out emails going oh, okay it's been a year since you contributed Do you want to consider contributing now you know there's 
it's a it's not a problem it's it's a problem but i don't think it's a problem that can't be solved if people uh apply uh if people come up with a way to you know it's just an implementation issue actually i think yeah i'm sure you're right and the other thought that struck me was how invalid the arguments in the cathedral and the bazaar are that it's if, been a while since i've read that so well <laughs> can to expand many well it's a the, the linus theory with enough eyes every bug is shallow which i guess is true but a lot of these projects simply don't have enough eyes on it you're talking about two pieces of software here that were essentially written by and are men, been written and maintained by individual people that's only two eyes looking at the code it's absolutely not enough to quote uh, a film i like is uh, about a boy you know two is not enough <laughs> yes so not only should there be more money going to these projects, there should be definitely more people working on us. So what do we do now, Dave? Do you want to do the um, email, the mailing list discussion next? Yes. Do you have a listy thing for that or not? No, you have the comments on the listy thing. Uh, the the um, the show notes for today are on uh, 1781. And there you have a list of all of the um, the the the, ma- the start the names of the threads. I can never say this properly. The uh, so you can see the however many there are threads um, laid out there. That's actually you have no idea how much that saves me. Um, just hassles knowing that that's working. So this is all on the um, mailing list discussion section on the show notes for today's episode. Yep. And the first one was a call for shows, which uh, was started by me. And basically, a lot of people were commenting about that. And John was saying that he's got a lot of shows and he basically saved our bacon that week. Then we had uh, Mike Ray asking some questions about uh, new preformatted sheets for LibreOffice. And naturally, Kevin O'Brien replied to that with uh, succinct answers. Um, Lord D has done a video series on using the Zoom H1 and uh, you should give that a listen actually if you want to uh, if you're taking I think we have a Zoom H1 shared HPR recording device so if you want to have a have a watch of that which is very important for the press once to lose your recording press twice to actually record your recording bug with the Zoom stuff it's not only the Zoom that does that uh my son's uh, Tascam it works the same way. Ouch! Dear, oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, seriously, this is not this is not a joke. That is uh, that is something to watch out for. This is a very important issue. Is we have Gmail uh, marking all HPR uh, hackerpublicradio.org emails as spam. So unless you do something about it, actively taking it out of the spam folder or whitelisting it, they will you will not see it. You won't see the mailing list. You won't see. Uh, your request for shows. There's uh, there's been some report by you, Dave, that um, that Josh is going to be looking into to see if there's uh, additional markers that we can we can uh, do to to take it out. But I, I I don't know. I won't go into it. There was there was also um, a reference to a, a website that will um, analyze issues on your site, which. Um, looked like it could be useful as well. MX Toolbox. Yeah, that that actually was pretty cool. Um, and they explain what they're doing as well, so it's pretty cool. Then we have the call for shows, LibreOffice cell style, background no fill, another uh, micro episode um, or request. And 
I think he solved it himself. That was my impression, yeah. yeah. But if not, we'll hear from uh, from Kevin. And uh, David Whitman was asking for the HPR presentation uh, for cglsegal.org, show that he's going to. And uh, I don't know, I did one, but if whoever's done the la- latest one, if they want to send it, I can... Um, I can get more uh, more information on. We have stats.php. So if you go to um, hackerpublicradio.org and type in uh, stats.php, which opens a which opens a text file, giving you when it uh, started nine years, seven months, twenty four days ago. So our anniversary will be on t- two thousand. And 15, the 10th of the 10th. I should actually mark that as a reserved show. We should do something for that. Shows stuff like the total number of shows, which is 2,348. Um, total HPR shows is uh, 2,048 at the moment. Uh, that, that includes shows that are in the queue and in the reserved as well. 23 days to the next three slots. There are 12 shows, 12 hosts in the queue, 28 shows in the queue. There's one comment waiting for approval and one file on the FTP server. And then the comments Good. for this month, Dave. You definitely do have a script somewhere for this. definitely do have a script, but first of all, I've got to actually arrange my desk so i can it's actually i printed it on a piece of paper because there's so many comments which is wonderful but uh, i wanted to do them justice so in the same order as we have them on the show notes for today um i have uh, made the same script that generates the show notes generate me a crib sheet um so i can not sound like a total idiot uh and not being able to find anything I probably still will do, but anyway, I'm going to try my best. Um, so first of all, we had a comment on show 1726, and this was Nightwise show excuses not to re- record a show for HBR. And this was Epicanus who was um, commenting that he should have a um, an award for not having done a show and uh, scored scored points on all of the, the points that uh, that nightwise have put together i think is what you say but uh, we, we we forgive him i think but be nice to hear from him again soon then we Thank had seventeen fifty four was commented on this was john culp's show d seven y seven and uh fifty one fifty um was making um had made a comment that uh, it was a Klingon Battle cruiser or something. Um, I did not know that. Being a Trekkie, no. I, I apologize. I throw myself at the feet of fifty one fifty and beg forgiveness. Fifty one fifty came back with comment number four in this thread, explaining what what he was talking about, and uh, which is very good and giving references there too. So you can go and follow that up if you want to. And uh, and John came back to say uh, the ship looks like it has some dissonance in it. So I thought <laughs> that was very witty on his part. So I won't read these all out in detail. I think you should go and read them yourself. Then the next show we had comments on was 1759, which was um, Still Void's uh, brief review of Firefox OS. And uh, somebody had uh, commented on this and Still Void going back saying uh, thanks for the for the feedback and um, he's uh, he's gonna do a follow-up to this he, he thinks at some point John Culp's show 1760 about PD 
FTK um, had uh, a um, what am I seeing here? Yeah. Uh, oh yes, John himself followed up his with a comment saying there's a YouTube video um, showing him processing the uh, the um, the bookmarks. These in are fascinating real time. to watch. They are absolutely fascinating. Yes, I know. It's uh, the, the the way that you can select stuff and then feed it to a script using XClip and then process it and then drop it back in again is really really good. I, I, I'm amazed how uh, John actually has he makes so. he makes using computers look like what we all thought using computers would, you know, and then <laughs> a few years ago, you know, those videos were, in the earth, 2000 people will be talking to other computers and the computers will be doing things. Absolutely, yes, yes, yes. And, oh, yeah, you just need the right voiceover and it would be perfect, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. It should be in a sepia tone probably as well. Um, then we had uh, 1762, which was the audiobook club show where a, a, an individual called Ken Fallon made a comment. Do you care to explain your comment? Tyrell, I want to see that work in a person. I want to see a negative before I put a positive. Decker, what's that going to prove? Tyrell, indulge me. This is a riddle throughout um, Clatu's work was thousands and thousands of references to different things. And that one, that one was from uh, Blade Runner. So I'm just wondering how many other ones I missed or how many other ones people picked up. And the references to KDE and BSD and the GPL were obvious throughout, but there were definitely a lot of other ones as well. Very cool. Very cool, yes. So next we had 1766, which which was your show, Socks of Silence. And um, John Culp says that he was already listening to your episode uh, at 1.5 times speed and then you speed you, you did a demo of what 1.8 times sounded like so, so the two two multiplied together it was ridiculously fast so uh, I had to slow it down and listen to it again to work out what it was which is uh, amusing but somebody emailed I don't know was it on the mailing list about uh, can't remember sorry that doesn't ring any bells with me, I'm afraid. Um, or was it was it um, Mike Ray's comment that uh, he was going to do a show speaking very, very, very slowly, so that uh, when you speeded it up, it would come out at normal speed, and then that would completely throw you. Yeah, but if you speak very slowly, it would, the truncated silence would take out all the uh, all the bits. Yeah, it was actually in the in the. Um... I do remember now in the uh, audio club <laughs> discussion, the guys were on about saying that he couldn't understand my accent. Uh, I think it's just because I speak too fast. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, yeah, I can't comment on that. Um, just to finish John's comment, he says he uses Beyond Pod, which has a speed up capability in it itself. So, uh, and of course, he he mentions that Rockbox can do it um, as well. As we, as we know, I just recently was listening to. Uh, I tried VLC on my um, from the F Droid on my Android, and they have a speed up option, and it turns it into chipmunks. Why would you do that in this day and age? Why would you speed it up and and, and alter the pitch? That's disappointing. Given that uh, other things have, have solved that problem really well, but by default, also M Player will will speed it up like a chipmunk unless you go in actively go into the settings and change it. Yeah, shame. Very much so, yes. Carry on. Um, 1767 was next. This was uh, 
David Whitman's interview with the MIFOS, how's it pronounced, initiative, um, Ed Cable he was speaking to, and uh, Mike Ray comments um, that it was a great interview and uh, the initiative is a great one as well, and uh, he makes some, some telling Snug comments. <laughs> I was going to leave leave the audience to go Such and to uh, the man. examine it. it was a, I don't necessarily disagree, but there you go. It was sure as political enough as it is. 1768 was next, which was the uh, intro to C, episode one, uh, by CJM. And uh, Sigflup made the comment, right, awesome. High praise indeed from our elite hacker, Sigflup. Yep, absolutely. Good show, she said. So, uh, what can what other, what else can we say? Steve Smether says thanks and some more, please. And uh, he uh, is talking about his his history with C. Has I think it sounds similar to mine. It's done C years ago. It got diverted into Perl and JavaScript and Python. And uh, yeah, talking about the uh, the way that data types are and memory allocation, that sort of thing. So yeah, so very some very positive comments there about. Uh, about that show, which is which is really good, I think uh, the, the whole C series is something that people have been waiting for a long time. <laughs> I realise how much work it's going to be, but uh, I don't want to say that out loud. Yeah, quite, quite. Yeah, I'm looking forward to more. It's a, it is the sort of thing we need on HPR, I think. Um, next comment, comment three was somebody with the name of Keat, Keaty or something. Didn't Kitty think there was enough. Also a, a host. Yeah, no, that's the comment four that says oh, is it? enjoyed enjoyed the recording, but didn't think there was enough C. <laughs> but then there wasn't enough C because it was about types and uh, and and data types and that sort of thing. So yeah, you have to uh, yeah you, you have to start slow. Blocks, I think yeah. yeah. Katie Murray says good start. Thanks for the show. It was a good first look at some C basics I haven't been exposed to since school. So more, please. I think is the message there. Right, it's nice to uh, positive positive feedback. So keep them coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's also, the sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Also, you, you have no idea, folks, how much somebody posting on your episode or dropping you an email uh, you know, gives you a bit of encouragement. It's fantastic just to know someone's listening. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That uh, it's a uh, it's it's a great thing to see four comments, four supportive comments in a row like that on a on an episode. Very very nice. 1769, John Culp's show about dictation software. Uh, Moral Volcano asks, is Dragon, naturally speaking, open source? John Culp has to reply, nope. Sadly, no, it's very proprietary. And there's no open source dictation software that I'm aware of. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, as we were saying, yeah, it's grim. It's grim because I would. I have a long-running thought where I'd like to run HBR shows through uh, translator. Yeah, it's it's a thing that you would imagine would be uh, be very much in demand. I, I'm sure that that is. It's it's like the screen reader situation, I guess, in in many respects, isn't it? Yeah, we know how how bad that is as well. Well, how so bad, next... but how little resources are applied to that. Well, quite quite. Yeah. So. Pressing on, 1770, the open dyslexic font from John again. Jezra came back to say that uh, the for Arch Linux, the, um, the, the font 
is available from the Arch user repository and he gives a link to that. So that's uh, that's very useful. We should, um, some of those links, Dave, if you come across them and the, when you're doing the comments, you can add them to the as clickable links to the show notes at the end. Yeah, I'll, that's... I'll give you more work to do or anything, but that's what I would normally have done. That's a good idea, actually. Yes, I haven't quite thought of that. I, I do go through the shows before they go up to uh, archive.org um, and check that things are, are okay and you know and and that would be a good point at which to uh to do that i i've already done it today so so uh but it, yeah it's a good point actually that, that would be a useful thing to do and for everybody listening to point out how much work dave is now doing on hpr uh doing all the comments all the uploads to the archive.org and a lot of the sanity checking of stuff that i'm doing in the background it's it's because i'm a compulsive tidier you if you visited my house you'd know that you know it's amazingly tidy but oh sorry and uh, i take advantage of somebody. that every step of the way <laughs> it's a complete lie of course but uh, there you go yeah Indeed. that's the cat the cat just walked across my uh, my script here as i was saying that so you can tell how how well organized it is that the cat can do that anyway um too much of an insight there, perhaps. Audacity Label Tracks episode was the next one, which was 1771. And uh, some geezer called Dave Morris said this was very useful and commented that uh, he hadn't noticed this feature and um, had to recently stick various bits of audio together in a in a show, which was the, the, um, the Magnitude one, and labeling them along the way was uh, was rather helpful because um, mm. knowing what they are, you, you get a hint from them if you look at the left-hand end of each track. But since they're all, you know, following one after the other yeah, in yeah, time yeah. order, it's quite hard to know what they are. So putting a label on proved to be an extraordinarily useful thing to do. Oh, that's quite cool. I wonder if there's a way to auto-label them in any way based on file name or something. That, was, that would be good, yeah. I found that if you double-click the track piece the piece of track and then uh was it i can't remember what the control key sequence was to get the label to to pop up and it just labeled the entire track uh, and offered you a dialogue to to put the the label text into and so it's really quick to to do um and uh yeah i thought it was really really cool i'm gonna use that a lot excellent then um katie murray uh commented on the same show saying can't believe I've never seen this. It's just, it's just the point we were making earlier. I think that uh, it's 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 another case of somebody else seeing a thing that you missed, and and this is why sharing this sort of stuff is so useful. And also, yeah. why you know you think when you're sitting down and you want to do an episode, and you think, oh, surely everybody knows this. It's this is so obvious that when you do it, it's like quite a lot of people will be going, yeah, yeah, I knew that, but an awful lot of other people will be going, oh my. God, how did I miss that for so many years? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. This is this is the great thing about sharing this this type of stuff. So, show seventeen seventy four, the router hacking show from John Culp. Uh, Ken Fallon commented, "You say tomato," and <laughs> and John did actually say tomato. I think he started off saying tomato, but uh, he moved on to tomato, which I, which I rewinded that... to make sure. I asked it. What? <laughs> What's I'm sure you did. <laughs> I have to download it in, in real time and uh, I listen to it. He said, Tomato, he's a spy. It proves he's an undercover British Asian, as, as you say. Yeah. He's been, his cover's been blown now. 
And um, yeah, number two comment on this one was from Mark, who said, I wanted to try this before uh, and uh, found that um, John's uh, lead here was, was useful. He, he's got a, a router that he wants to, he's bought a garage sale. He wants to have a go at uh, doing this type of thing to running a printer off it as well. Because um, it's not always obvious that you can you can do that if you have a USB um, capability on on a on a router. Some of the, some of the more modern ones come with factory software that let you do it, but uh, I guess some of the older ones, which uh, just had the ability to plug in a USB key, uh, didn't run printer software. But with with these open source uh, packages, then. Uh, it seems to be pretty common that it, that it's available. And why not? You know, it's be cups installed on the thing, presumably. Yeah, and you uh, you just do a pass through, and suddenly uh, it it becomes very very uh, well. Two reasons: it, the printers with network capabilities tend to be more expensive anyway, and secondly, even the ones that have network capabilities, you're not 100 percent sure what they're going out to do and get. So. If you've got an old router there, it might be no harm just to run it through that so that you can you can apply your own firewalls on it so that, uh, you know, there's no USB chat. Uh, USB chat's not going to get anywhere and uh, the printer's not going to be calling home and reporting, you know, all your print jobs to who knows where. And if you think I'm being paranoid, that's actual documented cases of stuff that, like that that's happened. Oh, I have no doubt. Yeah, good. So... The next one, we're getting close to the end now, was 1775, which was Steve Bickle's excellent episode on Sonic Pi. KD Murray comments um, saying that he'd never heard of Sonic Pi before, and uh, he's been using it since uh, since he heard the, the episode. So um, Very good. And uh, yeah, I imagine a few people will, will have been been tempted to rush off and and uh, mess around with it i am but i haven't got around to it yet so then 1776 was vim hints 4 by by me yours truly and the love bug commented missed out on the chance of an independence day joke 1776 and all uh and some smart ass guy commented back saying i always thought that film was a bit silly myself and uh so i'm really sorry yes, about that indeed Terribly, terribly sorry. I had to. Magnitude favorite, seventeen seventy seven. Um, Inskius very kindly commented to say thank you, DJ Andrew and DJ Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think we came across as DJs, but you know, we we we, cool we must have sounds. Yeah, yeah. Public radio. We have we have alternate Andrew careers uh, waiting for us somewhere else. Aye. Anyway, um. So nice episode, he says, and uh, he's magnitude member himself, and didn't know of uh, most of the artists that we played. But they, then that's the that's another one of those fun things, you know. You, you person A spots a thing that person B doesn't, and then shares it with them, and they go, "Wow, yeah, thanks yeah. very much." Exactly. And go ahead. No, nothing, nothing. Okay, last one then. Seventeen eighty was a hookers update on TrueCrypt and GNU PG and uh, and I commented on this just for the record uh, that uh, pretty much what I said earlier on that uh, I was not aware of the problems that uh, Werner Koch had uh, had been suffering as the the originator of uh, GNU PG and yeah. uh, and I used this package every day 
uh, pretty much. And it's bad, bad, bad. So I went and found his donation page and uh, chucked him a, a little contribution also. as one, you know, it's not, not saying you should, but that, that's that's what I felt I should do. So uh, that's what I did. Yeah, if you're if you're doing something like that, or just thinking maybe it's something you can put into your calendar to email yourself, you know, renew, set up an automatic uh, thing with whatever PayPal or whatever you use, or uh, or set up a reminder in your calendar to go around to these sites. And if you can't afford it that month, well, yeah, you just have got a guilty feeling the next time you buy a cappuccino or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh... I just need to come up with a with a system, as you say, and then then. Uh, and I have no doubt you will do it, and it'll be written in Perl, or perhaps it, it'll be a script. Absolutely, yes, it will be sending me pop up saying contribute now, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, I don't have anything more to comment on. I'm extremely tired, and I'm going to go to bed. No, I finished too, and uh, that's uh, that's good. That's one. That's one finished, and uh, we can put it to bed. Excellent. Anyway, tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Chorus Non Visual Text Editor Open Assistive Device Project by Kura. Kura. I have no idea what that is. So we will find out tomorrow. Tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio. Join us now and share. <laughs> All right. Good night, Dave. Bye. <laughs> good night. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.